have an effect or determine who we become or the decisions that we make, right? Right. I remember a few times in my younger years when I listened to the crowd and was convinced by some friends to do things that I just had no sense in doing. My parents, I remember saying the proverbial, well, if they told you to jump off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge? And I said, well, if, if they were doing it with a parachute or a bungee cord, I might try that. <laughs> Their point, though, was eventually understood by me. Their wisdom was because so easily, so easily, we can be turned by the crowd of people that are around us, by the voices calling out to us. We can be convinced of things that we are not and to do things that we know we shouldn't do. And so to surround our people with life-minded people who are thinking about us and loving us instead of what they can get out of us is supremely important. That's difficult because we don't always choose who it is that we're around and we don't always... I get to determine who it is that influences us. And yet Jesus said, as long as it is up to us, we should choose the higher road, the better way. We should surround ourselves with people. As he tried with his disciples to build us up and encourage us when the road gets tough. Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount these words about life in general and about walking the correct way. Entering through the narrow gate, he taught. The gate to destruction is wide, and many, many people follow it because it's easy to go there. But the gate which leads to life is very narrow, and it is difficult, and only a few people will follow it because it is so hard. It is much easier to walk lockstep in faith with Christ if we are with other people and built up in them to walk the walk faithfully that he calls us to. Now, I want us to, to know this morning and to remember that it's important to hear other people's opinions. I don't want us to just think, well, I can let go of that by, by just not caring about what anybody else says. That, that arrogance and that lack of humility and doing that is just as dangerous as hanging out with the wrong crowd or being influenced by the wrong people. It's important for us when we hear someone that, that criticizes us or has a different opinion of what we know to be true to, to first ask ourselves, is that true? Is what they are saying important or does it have any relevance or point for me? Because maybe they do have something to say that is worthwhile and important for us to hear. Secondly, we should not just ask, is it true? But, but why are they saying these things contrary to what I believe or what I know to be true? And try to understand where they're coming from. Maybe they don't understand what it means to walk the walk of faith and to do right and good in the world for the sake of others to glorify God. And I think we also have to always ask ourselves and, and understand how am I going to handle this? If there is opinion different from what I know to be right and true, 
how can I gracefully yet, yet firmly and boldly be the voice of Christ that I need to be? It's important for us, God only knows during this day and time, not to just separate ourselves and push others away because they think differently than us. It's important for us to hear others, isn't it? It is. And yet, to, to hear the voice of voices is most important for us to do. Let's talk about the disciples, these life-minded people that Jesus perhaps thought he was surrounding himself with. He called them three years earlier away from their daily lives to come and, and follow him and to learn the walk of faith and, and to learn the ways of God. And he taught them the law, and he showed them how to live in love, and he performed miracles so that they would be amazed at the power of God through him and recognize him as the Son of God. And yet, when that week came, and they were standing there on the road down from the Mount of Olives, cheering, Hosanna, and here comes the king. By the end of the week, as the crowds had turned and were cheering and chanting crucify their savior, their rabbi, they had scattered like sheep without a shepherd. Their convictions were weakened because they were not firm in their faith and they did not understand exactly who it was that Jesus had taught he was, though it was not his fault, but their lack of understanding or perhaps, perhaps disbelief. Now, let's try not to be too hard on these disciples who fell asleep in the garden as Jesus was getting ready to be arrested and to go to the cross, and he asked them to pray. Not once. Luke says it two, three times. He asked them to, to stay awake and pray for me because I'm facing very difficult times. He was dependent upon them, and yet they failed him altogether. Did they lack focus? Were they unfaithful? We like to think not, and yet we know that these people that were depending, that Jesus was depending on, were not there for him in his time of need. And that's a lonely place to be, isn't it? Have you ever been where Christ was, where you feel completely and totally isolated and left alone? That's a, that's a faith-challenging place to be. No doubt, when the people we count on are, are not dependable. There was a study done last year, 2018, by Cigna, a major health care provider in the U.S. It was a very massive study asking people uh, about their relationships and where, we, where they find meaning. And they found, not too surprisingly, that across our country, loneliness is in our minds at an epidemic level. Loneliness. Here's some of the things that it found. Nearly half of Americans say they sometimes or always feel alone or left out of, of the decisions of others. 13% of Americans say that there's no one else that knows them very well as a friend. What a lonely place to be at. In every generation, it seems, over the past 25 years, each generation has gotten a little bit lonelier and felt a little bit more isolated. Um, and as they do, they gravitate towards 
towards a hardness of heart, if you will. Statistically, very alarming. In 2018, 45,000 suicides in our country. Lives taken. Their own lives, these people took because they met a place of loneliness and isolation that we cannot fathom. 70,000 deaths last year from drug overdoses because people were grasping and looking for something to give them purpose and meaning in life. Why is it that we've become more lonely as a society? Well, because we're told, right, that we're more connected than ever by social media that we have friends on, and yet we, we don't find much meaning in the conversation or events that happen there. That could be one of the reasons work habits are another because, well, no one works at the same place anymore for their entire career. Every few years, there's job turnover, and they go to a new group of people, and those relationships are left behind, and deep-seated friendships don't sink in. A lot of people work at home. No one around during the day. What a what a lonely feeling it can be. Mobility. We, we live in places that are not our hometown anymore, don't we? We do. And we lose a sense of connectedness and community because of that. And, and, and we take our kids to play travel ball for weekends or for competitions, which is not all bad, but it's away from the people that we, we have them in school with and our neighbors and folks in the church. People don't utilize social outlets anymore. Lord knows I can tell you worship attendance in church has dropped dramatically over the past couple of decades. Civic groups and organizations struggle just to have people to participate because everyone wants to do their own thing and yet it leads us to a place of isolation and loneliness. Jesus was there and can you imagine going to the cross and knowing that even if someone did care, they didn't, didn't stand up long enough to be there for you when you needed them. To surround ourselves with life-minded people is important. The last thing for us, to help let go of the opinions of others, is to hear the voice of a trusted friend. And that friend that we speak of here today is Jesus. He is the Lord of life. He is the one that rode into Jerusalem and put aside all human endeavors so that he could lift us up in the love of his Father and self-sacrificially give of himself because he went to the cross to die for the world and was raised for us to bring us life. To listen to that voice above all of the others, is the most important advice that I can give to you today. Because you'll hear a lot of other opinions and urgings and advice. But to turn to the one you know that loves you and died to show it, gives to you a sense of, of commitment and devotion and purpose and meaning and life that you can't get anywhere else. Even if the world is letting you down, God in Jesus Christ never fails us. And we have to remember that. We have to trust that, though as difficult as it may be. 
So a quick illustration to close this morning before we go and eat uh, an early lunch. And it is the story that happened 150 years ago along the U.S.-Canada border at Niagara Falls. I've shared this with you before. It's been a few years since I've told it. But 150 years ago, a Frenchman, a daredevil named Charles Blondin, there with an estimated crowd of five, 6,000 people on both sides of the border, walked across a tightrope over Niagara Falls. Yeah, two to three inches thick, it was described as, 160 to 200 feet in the air, and over 1,000 feet across. He walked on that tightrope. It was not his first time of doing it. He had done it many times before, and in fact had become famous for not only traversing that tightrope, but, but performing well, quite interesting feats as he did it. He was an acrobat. He would somersault as he went. One time he took a frying pan and uh, mixed up a batch of eggs as he was there. Charles Blondin was a showman and, and was fearless. And he would walk across that dozens of times over his career before he, he died a very natural death at age 73. Many times he traversed that, and the crowds every time were, were just amazed again and again that he could do it. In fact, the, um, the news reporters of the day would always report the next day what he had done in the papers, and they would ask the question, what will his next feat at Niagara be? And it just so happened on this particular day that Blondin had a tremendous challenge or act to live out. He started with his long pole as usual and traversed out all the way across the more than 1,000 feet to the Canadian side. And when he arrived there, he said, Now, today, for my act, I would like to carry one of you on my shoulders back across to the other side. And the crowd that was cheering as he asked, um, Do you believe in me? And they were saying, Yes, yes. When he asked the question, now who will go with me, it, it fell expectedly very, very silent. No one rushed forward, of course, and he singled a man out in the crowd and said, how about you, sir, do you think that I could carry you safely across? And he said, of course. And he said, well, then let's go. And the man said, not on your life. <laughs> and he faded back into the crowd. Well, again, Blondin extended the invitation. And finally, a young fellow stepped forward to the front of the crowd, and he asked the question, do you believe I can safely carry you on my shoulders to the other side? Yes, I do, the young man said. Are you willing to let me? And he said, as a matter of fact, I am. And do you know that he hopped on his shoulders? And he hung on, I'm sure, for dear life. And Blondin carried him safely across Niagara Falls on a two to three inch tight rope uh, to the other side to live and tell about it? Wow. What great faith someone must have in Blondin to do something such as that. It turned out later that it was his manager and he was a plant in the crowd. But why was it that everyone else 
in the crowd was not willing to go with him. It's because they didn't know him. They didn't trust him like his manager and his friend did. As we come to this place of Palm Sunday and remember Jesus in the crowds and all of the disciples scattering and leaving and running behind, do we have the faith to trust and believe that Christ will carry us where we need to go in the ways that lead to life? Because that's where he calls us to go. Do we listen to the voices in the crowd, be distracted by all of those around us that don't have our best interest in mind? Or do we know and trust the one that loves us, the one that gave his very life so that we may know the depths of that? Letting go of what others think is important ultimately in the end to hear the voice of our friend. And so it's in his name that I want to pray as we close today, if you'd bow with me. Lord, thank you for this day and for uh, this beautiful service of great music and for this holy week that is upon us when we think about uh, all that you have done for us through Christ our Lord. Uh, be with us. Uh, be with our children and our families and everyone as we gather for lunch in the fellowship hall. Bless the food that is there and, and help us. Uh, to walk the walk of faith in the week ahead. In Jesus' name we ask, amen.